Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight back again. Um, we had taken a little bit of a break, but we are back. And uh, for today, we are going to be getting into uh, the hard economics uh, you know, of the week because it is a Friday, as is our tradition and our way of doing things um, on the Business Day Spotlight. And for today, we're going to be focusing on the construction sector, the construction industry, um, just to see what's going on, but not just in South Africa. Africa, but what's going on around the world because um, COVID-19 was one was that all-encompassing event uh, that uh, saw countries around the world all going through uh, their own economic upheaval. And at the moment, even as um, countries are trying to recover, we see um, a lot of countries still suffering from a lot of the same things, such as uh, the same inflationary pressures rising fuel costs and the like that is something that is not um that is not isolated to any one part of the world it's something that everyone is going through and when we talk about economic recovery uh, what has tended to happen at least in the last 100 to 200 years is that economic recoveries after a depression a recession or a huge economic downturn tend to be supported uh, by construction and that construction can happen through the public or private sector but a lot of the time we've seen a a lot of public works um, out of the Great Depression, rail railroads, that type of thing uh, that we saw, schools, hospitals, roads. Uh, we tend to see those being built uh, usually by the state as a way to start uh, that stimulus in the economy. But right now, uh, we are going to be talking uh, to we are going to be talking to Dr. Nicholas uh, Fernley, who is the head of uh, construction forecasting, and he's joining us all the way from Australia just to get a sense um, of what's going on he is from uh, oxford economics uh dr friendly how are you today good thank you thank you for having me I think maybe just before we get into um, the the discussion around construction, maybe you could give us a little bit of insight. You are joining us, you know, from uh, from your side in Australia. We've uh, spoken to a number of your colleagues from Oxford Economics um, in the past, as well as uh, your affiliate NKC Economics here in Africa. Um, maybe you could give us a little bit of uh, insight into the type of work uh, that you're doing in your parts of the world and the type of research and numbers that you usually keep an eye on? Sure. So um, in 2017, Oxford Economics took over what in Australia was called BIS Shrapnel and formed uh, what we now call BIS Oxford Economics, which is part of the Oxford Economics Group. Uh, BIS Shrapnel was at the time the market leader for construction forecasting in Australia. We've been doing construction forecasts in Australia for over 50 years. We've also been forecasting construction activity in the Southeast Asian region for 25 years. And so with the takeover from Oxford Economics, we've been able to expand our forecasting more globally using Oxford Economics as a global economic model and demographic models, etc. We've been able to uh, build out construction models for the Americas, Europe, and also the Middle East. And we've packaged these together into a global construction model for clients who want to be able to compare construction activity on more of a global scale as opposed to a regional or national level. 
No, that sounds like, uh, you know, quite a bit of uh, good background that uh, uh, you guys actually have, you know, as BIS and now um, Oxford Economics uh, over in that part of the world. So maybe that then helps us to begin, you know, this discussion around construction. And I think before we get into what's currently happening, maybe you could give us a little bit of, uh, of insight into what is the place of construction at the moment. I think in my opening remarks, you heard me talking about how construction has tended to play a big part um, in economic recoveries after a downturn. Do you still see construction in 2022 still um, playing that big role um, when countries' economies are trying to get out of a downturn? Or would you say there have been any shifts along the way? Yeah, we've definitely seen uh, public funds flowing into the construction sector. As you highlighted in your introduction, uh, governments often use the public sector uh, construction activity to help stimulate the economy following a downturn. And we often find that investments in the economics, uh, economy's productive potential often do prove to be a key driver of economic recoveries. And this time, it doesn't seem to be any different. We've had significant packages passed in the US with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. In Europe, we've got the next-gen EU funding coming through. Uh, also in the Asia-Pacific region, we've had quite a number of uh, government-funded major projects get off the ground. So governments are very much looking at civil engineering construction activity as being a way to come out of the downturn. One thing that we have seen playing through as well is that with lockdowns over 2020 and 2021, Many people started looking around their home lives and we've seen significant investment in single family dwellings. So residential construction activity as uh, people's uh, household savings have built up. We've also had very accommodative monetary policy. And so we've had significant uh, increase in residential construction activity over our flight over 2021. And so that's slowing down now and we're seeing a transition from this residential boom that we had into a civil engineering construction boom. That's actually an interesting trend that you're highlighting there because I do remember that um, when I was reading the note uh, that you, that, uh, you know, from your team, one of the things I was noting was the fact that you had broken it down um, to residential building and non-residential building construction as well as the civil um, engineering construction outside of the residential piece. Um, what do we mean by the non-residential? How does non, yeah, the non-residential and commercial part and then the civil uh, part? Because one would expect at least at this point that uh, there would be that tussle between your public and private sector players, uh, especially on the commercial side, you know, trying to, you know, put in that investment and trying to come back. Um, but it does seem as if the civil, the civil works uh, seem to still be outpacing what's going on in the private sector. So uh, we generally break construction activity down into building construction and civil engineering. So anything that's got a roof is essentially a building. And so that gets captured by either residential building or non-residential building activity. Obviously, residential building is a building that someone lives in. So it's a house or an apartment, whereas a non-residential building will be an office, a factory, a warehouse, a hospital, etc. Civil engineering is any construction activity that doesn't have a roof. So that's your roads, your railways, your utilities, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, so in terms of the breakdown, we tend to have the civil engineering sector being much more government funded, 
Whereas the non-residential building sector, you've got the commercial and you've got the industrial side, which are very much private sector driven, but you've also got the social side. So often education and healthcare are more government funded. So you get a mix of the public and the private sector playing through in those sectors. So from what you're seeing right now, um, maybe you could break down the numbers as well, um, because uh, I, I just noting from the information from your team, uh, the numbers are quite extraordinary um, when one, uh, what you call this, looks at some of the growth forecasts uh, that your team has, uh, has come, uh, has put together. And I say huge numbers because some of the numbers that I'm seeing, at least within the South African context, are multiples um, higher than the GDP of South Africa. Africa itself. Yeah, so uh, the strongest growing sector over the next year and over the coming years will be civil engineering construction activity, very much being driven by these major government packages that we're seeing throughout the world, and also by stimulus in China to help combat the falling real estate market there. The slowest growing sector will be residential construction activity, and this is largely as a result of activity coming off that boom that I previously discussed. So the sector is going to grow much slower over the next few years, but that's because it's coming off a much higher base. The non-residential building sector is sort of in the middle. We've got a slower um, recovery in commercial building construction activity. So this is your offices, but also your hotels. And there's a bit of uncertainty in this market because we're still not quite sure what the future looks like in terms of how many days people are going to be working in the offices. Are we going to go back to full-time? Are we going to stay in sort of a part-time working from home hybrid? And this uncertainty we're seeing um, is causing a, a sort of softening in investment in these markets. There are exceptions. So for example, South Korea has a very strong investment in office markets at the moment because the market is just so tight and absorption rates are quite high. Um, and so there's significant investment flowing through there. We're seeing significant funding as well come through on the industrial sector side. Generally throughout the world, uh, the industrial sector includes warehousing. And with COVID, we've had a shift towards retail spending in shops to more people buying things online. And this has necessitated an increase in warehousing space to support this sort of framework. Um, one of the things I'm curious about with uh, the type of breakdown that you've given uh, to us now is do we see similar trends um, happening around the world or do you say that, uh, you know, specific regions um, earlier on you were highlighting the fact that um, you, we've seen, uh, you know, different government programs, for example, in the U.S., in Europe, Asia Pacific, etc. So would you say that the trend has, has been the same or would you say that uh, that mix that you are highlighting for us is a bit different in some of the regions that you're looking at? Yeah, so we do have this global narrative that's playing through, but there is different stories playing through in different regions as well. So the residential boom was generally true throughout the world, but much more true in the Americas, particularly in the US. Uh, the civil engineering upswing is very much coming through across most of the world, but it's much truer as well in the Americas and in the Asia Pacific region and also Australia and New Zealand. In Europe, the story is a little bit different because the next generation EU funding includes significant investment in decarbonising the building stock as part of the European Union's move to hit um, greenhouse gas emission targets. And so this is going to lead to significant investment in non-residential building as they upgrade the building stock to help reach these decarbonisation targets. Um, 
the other one, you know, when it comes to all of this stuff, and especially because we are seeing uh, that slight disparity uh, with what's going on in different parts of parts of the world, like you said, there is a there is a bit of a mix uh, because not uh, every country, you know, can be treated uh, like a monolith, which is understood. But one of the things that has been common around the world is this issue of inflation. How has that sort of fed into um, construction? prospects has it because i can imagine be uh, that uh, when it comes to i guess inputs um, input costs into uh, those construction projects have probably i would expect that they've shot up but maybe you have a different view from the data that you have now you're very much correct we've actually saw inflation coming through for building construction inputs much earlier than it came through in the rest of the economy the big part of this is that we had this increase in demand particularly for residential building at a time when global supply chains were very constrained and so this mismatch of demand and supply as economists will always say, plays out in prices. So we saw significant increase in, say, wood prices um, over the COVID pandemic as a result of demand not being able to be matched by supply. Building construction material is also quite bulky and low value compared to other goods. And so it's much more susceptible to um, increased transit costs and supply chain issues tend to play through much more on the construction side. So we've seen significant ramp up in construction costs. Uh, cost of building a single family dwelling in the US uh, increased 12% over 2021, which uh, we're seeing these sort of stories play out throughout the world. Um, this is having an impact on construction spend, because as you can imagine, if things cost more, people just can't pay for them as much. And so we've got some instances where you've got this input cost inflation, which will then lead to project delays, and in some cases, project cancellations. So it's very much affecting the sector. I can certainly imagine that it would, because not obviously not everyone is going to react to it differently but on the adverse side you do have those cancellations which uh, will likely have an impact on uh, whatever uh, whatever labor uh, would likely have uh, taken part in those projects um, you know the type of uh, because usually construction projects tend to have a lot um, that's going on from transport to uh, the labor of the builders themselves, the architects, uh, the financing side of things, etc. So cancelling projects, um, you know, becomes very tough. But one can also imagine that uh, for those that are determined, you see your input costs rising, you um, you then start struggling with, you know, do you borrow more money? Are you willing to go out to the markets and, you know, get more money from the banks at whatever the interest rates are right now, especially in the cycle right now where you see a lot of central banks are trying to hike their interest rates. You know, what does that do for the type of borrowing that's happening in the sector? Um, and also at the same time, the type of projects that ends up actually being completed um, right now. Yeah, it certainly has an impact and uh, increasing interest rates is going to come through and uh, affect housing construction activity simply because people won't be able to afford to borrow as much because the repayments are higher. There's also implications, say, on the civil engineering side as well. As government's budgets become stressed, uh, stretched, uh, borrowing costs go up, and especially if governments then start looking at budget repair, it's going to come through in government investment and therefore reduce funding in the future to civil engineering construction activity. On the commercial and industrial side, it's the same factors playing through. Increased borrowing costs means that you need to get a greater return on your investment. And so it will tend to lead to a softening in activity. No, most certainly. And I think 
what's a bit what's what's most concerning um at least from my side hearing you talking is the fact that construction has tended to be this uh, this go to when it comes to economic recovery but in this particular instance that economic recovery is stymied in some way uh by all of these different factors that you're talking about that are hurting uh the construction uh, the construction industry which tends to be such a key piece of a recovery so um it sort of feels like a, like a chicken ver- chicken versus the egg uh type of situation of you know do you sort of just uh bulldoze and say okay fine as governments or whatever we're going to just push forward with these construction uh, projects because we need to stimulate uh, the economies or um, do you find yourselves in a situation where some measure of austerity uh, that does need to come through because you do need to be prudent um, as governments in how you spend the money it's it's it feels like it's a bit of a catch-22 to be honest yeah, it's a, it's a tough issue for governments to be grappling with. You've got places as well like Australia where they had a very strong construction pipeline in place well before the coronavirus pandemic and we've seen a number of projects being delayed and open discussion about cancelling some of them simply because the costs have gone up and there's much uh, more difficulty now sourcing both labour and material to be able to get through this project work. No, most certainly. And then as we end off uh, for today's discussion, Nicholas, maybe you could give us uh, um, one of the inescapable things that is happening, you know, today um, in May 2022 is the fact that um, it's been roughly 10 to 11 weeks uh, since uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, A lot of people thought it was going to uh, be one of those very short sort of episodes, but uh, we still continue to see it um, happening right now. Maybe you could give us uh, a little bit of insight into how, in some of the ways that something like that has affected uh, the construction industry globally. Well, the most obvious one has been the increase in energy costs. Uh, we've had a higher oil price, which increases transportation costs. And this uh, this construction sector is more susceptible to these than other parts of the economy. Uh, we've obviously had pretty much construction activity stopping in Ukraine. Russia is also going to go through a significant fall in construction activity as a result of Western sanctions. Uh, in Europe, we're seeing uh, we're going to see significant investment in energy infrastructure as a result of their dependence on Russian energy. The European Union following the invasion has openly looked for uh, to diversify their energy supply. Uh, this won't necessarily be in renewable energy, though. It's a good opportunity for the European Union to invest more in renewable energy, but that tends to be more of a long-term solution, and they need to find quicker ways to shore up their energy supply. So we're seeing significant investment in, say, LNG import terminals and also gas pipelines connecting, say, Norway to Poland, and I think Germany and Norway are also investigating another pipeline there. And this risks actually locking in some more carbon-intensive energy infrastructure as opposed to more of a renewable green energy infrastructure. No, most certainly, and especially uh, on those energy costs, it's uh, it's quite a tough one, and especially when one looks at uh, 
the places where uh, fuel costs, because things need to be transported from everywhere, you know, whether it's cement, whether it's wood, whether it's concrete, uh, steel, all of those, um, you know, large building inputs, they need uh, to be transported from ports, they need to be transported from factories. And if the costs have, you know, risen by 40, 50% in certain cases, uh, then it's quite, um, it's quite a tough one. I'm thinking about areas like the UK, uh, where the price of fuel is uh, about to touch, uh, you know, that two pounds per liter uh, type of level, you know, so it's a, it's it's quite a tough one. Uh, but on the last point, um, Nicholas, for us, um, we've spoken quite a bit uh, construction-wise about what's going on in places like the US. Um, you've given us a view of Australia, Europe, etc. Uh, but is there any insight into what's going on um, in the emerging markets? Yes, yeah, so at the moment, our coverage of emerging markets is very much in the Latin America and Asia-Pacific region. We're still expanding the countries that we include in our service, and Africa is very much on the, um, the next uh, line in our focus. Uh, when we look at the world emerging markets as a whole, China is very much the one that dominates construction activity. They are the world's largest construction markets. Um, what we've got there is uh, weakening in residential construction activity as a result of the real estate downturn there. Uh, so we've had significant drop in investment, residential construction activity. Uh, owner-occupier residential construction activity is holding up as a result of continual urbanisation we're seeing within the country. But we're expecting significant government stimulus towards civil engineering activity to help shore up uh, the economy, particularly in the face of recent COVID lockdowns in Shanghai. So that's been Edward talking to uh, Dr. Nicholas Fernley, who is uh, the head of global construction forecasting over at Oxford Economics. He was talking to us from Australia, giving us some insight into what's going on globally um, in the sector. Some of the key things uh, that he is talking about is the fact that uh, during COVID-19, there was a little bit of a boom uh, when it came to residential building construction. But um, over the last uh, couple of months you know to a year um one of the the things that are now taking off is on the commercial side uh but more on the civil engineering side because you see a lot of public works and governments uh coming in to fund those things because even in 2022 Construction is still a big piece of uh, the way in which econ- economies um, recover, you know, from a downturn. Big source of jobs um, at the same time, big source of funding and financing, and then at the same time, an indicator of uh, where a country or an economy is um, on the path to recovery. But one of the things that is, uh, you know, that is a struggle is the fact that as important as that construction is, um, we have a lot of factors that are hindering um, construction around the world, most particularly um, input cost inflation uh, because of what's going on around the world. Even before um, the Russia-Ukraine crisis uh, came out, uh, globally inflation had been flagged as a big headwind that uh, governments, central banks, private sector players were all trying to grapple with and that has been exacerbated uh, by what's going on in terms of uh, the oil price and the energy costs which are then filtering um, into what's going on in the construction industry and now a lot of those projects um, either being delayed or outright being cancelled around the world but in the emerging markets 
where South Africa tends to find itself. China is the biggest uh, construction uh, market around the world. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the civil side, that seems to be, uh, you know, where things are really happening and on the commercial side. And we're going to wait to see um, how that actually develops um, down the line. This will definitely be a good conversation to continue going um, into to just to watch uh, where we are in the next uh, three months, six months uh, to a year. So that's been it. Uh, Dr. Fernley, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This is Mudiwa's Take. Very important discussion just around what's going on in the construction center uh, sector globally. And I think it was one of those things where I wanted to start um, on a global level because it would be great uh, for us to then extend this conversation to see uh, what's going on in South Africa. Because as we said at the beginning, this is one of those things uh, that is common around the world to say that the COVID-19 experience um, has been common. It has affected economies in different ways, uh, but the fact that there has been economic upheaval has been common around the world and the fact that we are now in that phase where um, a lot of countries around the world are all trying to recover is a common is a common thing around the world so all the different factors that were being spoken about in terms of the construction sector um, as they're affecting Asia-Pacific, Latin America, um, China, what's going on in Europe, the United States, all of it is likely to have uh, some parallels with what's going on um, in the in the local South African sector. And we know that from uh, the different uh, budget speeches uh, that we've had, government has been prioritizing uh, this, uh, what you call this public works of some sort, uh, just as a way to start uh, that stimulation. So that is something uh, that uh, the local economy is feeling. So we wait to see how all of this is going to play out because the way it plays out out there is likely going to be uh, similar to how it plays out here. What is very sad, as I said at the end, is the fact that um, the construction sector, which is so important, for what's go- what and how a recovery happens in an economy has been is being stifled by all of these different factors so a chicken and egg situation. Do you push forward and try to stimulate your economy through construction um, or do you hold back right, as an economy because uh, the nice thing about um, the construction sector is the fact that it's so labor intensive so you know that you're going to absorb a lot of people that really do need um, jobs, employments that then filters into the retail sector, healthcare, um, education, entertainment, all of these other things. Um, it's a cycle, right? That is the economy. So anything that we can do to increase uh, the amount of money that's going into consumer pockets um, in the form of employment, jobs, work, um, support of some sort that is surrounding um, construction, you know, would really be good. So we wait to see how all of that is going to develop. Uh, But one does hope that that pickup is something that uh, does actually happen so that uh, we can see uh, some of those uh, recoveries uh, filtering through and then lastly the energy costs we keep talking about energy costs and uh, what they're doing to inflation and all of that 
what is that going to how long is this going to be a factor right i think at the moment that is the big question that is a big uncertainty if someone could make some type of a bet um you know on this look into a crystal ball they would probably uh be in for a huge payday because literally uh, this is all that everyone is trying to understand And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.